0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: We buy Christian Incarnacio and Strand's performance, even though he only played in 63 games last year. We'll tell you why and what other small sample sizes we're buying on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: You are Locked On Reds, your daily source for all things Cincinnati Reds. I'm Stephen Offenbaker. He's Jeff Carr. And we love baseball. We love these Cincinnati Reds and we have taken our love of the game, our love for the Reds, and we have turned it into information for you. The Locked On Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's podcast, we are going to be talking about these performances of these rookies and, and first-year players with the Reds. And what comes to mind is small sample size. Uh, was there enough to make a judgment to buy or sell? on the performance that you saw. We're gonna be talking about both whose performances we buy and whose performances we sell. Before we get into any of that, I want to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use the code Locked On to get $20 off your order. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. All right, Jeff sample sizes are an important part of this conversation because there are so many players on this Reds team that played less than one full season, their initial introduction to Major League Baseball. Uh, And we're coming into a season in 2024 where there are high expectations. There is an air of excitement and playoff possibility surrounding this team before it ever sets foot in the field in 2024 and it leads us to ask the question which of these performances do we buy who do we think will will be showed us who they really are the real deal which performances do we sell Players that we don't think necessarily showed us who they really were and either were selling a bad performance, expecting it to get better, or selling an outstanding performance that we don't think is can be duplicated. Uh, that's what we're going to be getting into today. And let's start out positive because, by God, that's what we do around here. And, and let's go with the first performance that we are buying, and that is one Christian Incarnacion Strand.
1: Yes, and I think that it's important to really look at these small sample sizes. We talk about this a lot whenever we're evaluating a player. We're like, well, he did this, small sample size, so take it with a grain of salt. This is where we take that grain of salt and we say, we're buying the grain of salt. We're buying everything that this guy was selling last season. CES absolutely doing that. In 63 games, he had a 270 batting average, got on base just about 33% of the time, and he had a 477 slugging which according to baseball reference and and math in general, if you extrapolate that out to a 162 game season where he plays every single game, he would hit 33 home runs and get 95 RBIs at the pace that he was going. We're talking about an elite middle lineup type hitter in CES. And I'm buying that because I tell you what the numbers here, when it comes to the batting average, when it comes to the on base percentage all you need to do is watch him play. If you've watched CES play, you know how he approaches every at bat. He's very cerebral. There, there, there's almost a systematic approach to each pitch. The way that he is able to just sort of download the information as the ball's coming toward the plate, and he's able to get the bat through the zone with very good bat speed and hit the ball a country mile. That was something that scouts saw all throughout the minor leagues, whether he was at the low, lower levels or even in A there were so many different highlights when he was in Louisville where he was hitting the tops of scoreboards and things like that. So this is not a fluky thing. He's got all the power in the world, but you combine that power with a very good discipline at the plate. He is a guy that is going to be a very dangerous force in the middle of this reds lineup
2: this year and for years to come. Oh yeah, I completely agree with that. I'm, I'm all in on buying his performance as well. Uh, You know, when we did our projected lineups, uh, we had him slotted right in there as the number four guy, no matter what else was going on with this lineup, no matter what handed the pitcher was, uh, and whether he's playing first base or DH or maybe right field, hello, right field, right handed power hitter, right field, maybe. No, Any of those three places doesn't matter to me what position he is defensively. Uh, when David Bell fills out that lineup card, the fourth line should say CES for a majority of the time he's making lineups next year in 2024. Yeah, I don't want a
1: platoon situation with this. I want him in the lineup every single day. He's the guy too, and like I know we we talk about him playing different positions and things like that, but he is a guy that was the heir apparent to Joey Votto. He's probably the biggest reason that Joey Votto did not return because he fills every spot that Joey Votto used to have. He was first baseman, middle of the order type hitter, guy who's going to bring in the runs. He is going to be a dude in the middle of this order. And I feel very good about saying that, despite the fact that we only saw 63 games from him.
2: Yeah, I, I really think that the 33 homer projection—that's really realistic. Uh, yeah. You know, sometimes you sometimes you look at those projection numbers and you're like, mm, I don't know. I don't. I think he could surpass 33 home runs mm-hmm. uh, given the right scenario. I think he could bump up against 40. Of course, we know how my 40 home run pr- predictions work <laughs> out around here. So I'm not necessarily calling that he's going to hit 40, but I think he can get past 33 in a full season of play with no injuries. Let's say he gets into 150 plus games. 35 home runs, I think is very realistic for what he has shown us with his ability to hit for power.
1: Well, the next guy we're buying Steve is uh, the man that you say deserves a certain letter on his chest.
2: Put the C on his chest. I am all in buying Matt McClain, extend him, put the C on his chest, put him on billboards, put him on posters, (laughs) make him the face of the franchise. I love the way that this dude played in 89 games last season. Jeff, his flash line are you ready? Because it's, it's just sexy. It's 290, 357. Wait for it. 507, 507. How many games was that? How many games? 507 in 89 games. So a 162 game projection. We're going to continue to go along the lines of those projections. A 162 game projection over at baseball reference has him hitting 29 home runs, accounting for 91 RBIs and a total of 193 hits, nearly 200 hits in a full season. I will take that all day long. I love him at the top of this lineup. I, I think that he could very well just be the leadoff hitter, stick him out there in slot number one and let him do his thing. He'll give you some power there. He'll give you a lot of base hits, a lot of doubles there. Uh, and then as this lineup works its way through a game with him hitting behind the likes of Will Benson, who we think is the best number 9 hitter in baseball, a lot of yeah. RBI opportunities as well. So, I really love what he does as far as the offensive things in the lineup. Defensively, you know, he's probably the best shortstop on the team and and had to yield that position to to Ellie to have Elliot shortstop and what Matt showed us is he can play elite defense, no matter where you put him on the infield, he can play second base. He can play shortstop wherever you stick him out there. He's going to have a great glove. Uh, I really just think he is the real deal. And then he's got this other quality, Jeff, this other thing about him. And and one of the reasons why I think Cincinnati is just going to love him so much for the time that he is here is because he plays like that Cincinnati player that we all love that, that blue collar nose to the grindstone, hustle take type your of lunch
1: pail to work yes
2: of, yeah. he's just one of those dudes and those are the dudes that this city falls in love with so i think with matt mcclain performing at this kind of a level this city is going to embrace him so hard which is going to just fuel him even further i i just i can't wait to see what matt mcclain does in 2024 well, and it doesn't
1: hurt that he wears number nine, uh, number nine in Cincinnati is a pretty good number to have. Uh, when you look at Matt McLean too, I think that it's important to note 89 games. Isn't nothing to shake a stick at. Like we, we talk about small sample sizes and you you be cautious and something like, like the, the first guy that I'm thinking of. And you know, if we'd have done a segment where we talk about hold, I want to wait and see a little bit more. I'd have talked about Noel V Marte in that segment, mm-hmm. just because we haven't seen very much of him to know much of anything about him Matt McClain we're getting to like we're talking about a guy that plays past the all-star break and you know he's still slugging 507 I want to put that into perspective because before he came up that was a huge question mark and people did not know how much power he was going to hit for. In fact, that was the biggest question that any scout said with Matt McClane. He they said he's got it, you know, hits for contact really well. He's fast, he has great glove, pretty decent arm. We just don't know if he's gonna hit for power. And he's like 507 in 89 games. Like, he's like, I'll show you power. I got the power right here, Yippee-ki-yay. So when it comes to Matt McClane, I'm I'm buying. All of this, and you can see some of those slash lines come down. I don't think the on base comes down very much, but you can maybe see the average get a little bit unlucky, the slugging get a little bit unlucky. But it's not going to dip down to like you know go by like hundred points or something like that. I still see him hitting two seventy
2: at the very worst. You know what's the interesting thing with Matt McClain is when I talked to him when he was still in Chattanooga, he talked about trying to improve his power and and his ability to drive the ball. He talked about that. And then he comes back the next year. And yeah, he slugged 507 in Cincinnati. Was that a fluke? Well, he was slugging 688 in Louisville (laughs) before he was called up. So whatever he worked on, every time he was in Chattanooga and the beginning of the 2023 baseball season, clearly it worked. The adjustments to his swing, the adjustments to his approach worked. Over an entire season, his, his slugging numbers show that it worked. So I, I'm not concerned about much of a fall off. There'll be a bit of a dip in certain statistical categories. Will he slug 500 all season long in 2024? No, probably not. But I will take the 450 that I think he can give us. I, re- I truly will. Will he be That's a, 290, a 290, 300 hitter? Yeah, I think that could reasonably hold. It's not an unrealistic or unreasonable expectation to think he can continue to perform at that level. Not a lot of 300 hitters left in baseball. I get it. I understand the numbers, but if he's anywhere between 280 and 300 smashing success in 2024, I I think, I think these numbers are duplicatable. And I think that's really what we were looking at when we picked these guys, right?
1: Yes. The, the players that we buy, the performances that we buy are because we think they can do what they did and more in larger sample sizes as they move through their career you know there's a couple of guys though that what they did last year were selling one of those is ellie de la cruz although it's for a good reason and we'll tell you why coming up next before we get into that though i want to tell you about one of today's sponsors as today's episode is brought to you in part by jace medical like, I, I you know when it comes to sports, you want to escape from something crazy when it comes to the realities of life and things like that. But can we talk just for a minute about preparing for those tough situations? Whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event like you know snow and all that stuff here in the wintertime, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered. Thanks to our partners at Jay's Medical, life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply even ED generics for Cialis or Viagra. Jace Medical has the Jace case. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use the promo code locked on to get $20 off your order. Again, that's J A S E medical.com
0: and the promo code locked on. New game day shirt, boom, cash back. Food for the tailgate. Locked
1: On has launched the first ever twenty four seven streaming channel for sports on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you twenty four seven, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports twenty four seven streaming channel. Also, for those everydayers, thank you so much for being an everyday. If you're not an everydayer. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and on your favorite podcasting app. We'd love to have you. It's part of the Locked On Reds Everydayers for you everydayers out there. Coming up on the next Locked On Reds podcast, we'll keep looking ahead to spring training and win pitchers and catchers report and get you set for this season that I don't even know the last time I had this much anticipation. It had to be 2012 uh, that I had this much anticipation, And even that, that was coming off a down year in 2011. So I'm probably not even then. Have I ex- Have I expected a season like this upcoming one? But as we look ahead to this season, well, we look back on some of the smaller samples that we got from rookies and first-year Reds in 2023, and we talked about who we bought. We bought CES. We bought Matt McClain. Who are we selling? We're selling Elite De La Cruz, first and foremost. In 98 games, 235 batting average, 300 on base, 410 slugging, and, and, and if you want to extrapolate, cause we did that extrapolation there in the first uh, segment with CES and Matt McClain, uh, that comes out to 238 strikeouts in a season. And I know that there are some players from back in the day that are just rolling in their graves here in that number, but I'm selling that because I think he's getting better. We saw it at the end of the season. We saw the plate discipline improve. We saw his chase rate go down. We saw his contact rate go up. You know, it didn't go up, Steve. You know what didn't go up? My favorite stat to talk about, unlucky. What's that? Oh, his BABIP? His BABIP didn't go up. In fact, it actually went down. He had worse BABIP. Uh, Well, he had a really good BABIP whenever he first got called up. That's why he was hitting over 300. But it was really, really bad for the last couple of months of the season. Dude was getting unlucky despite improving
2: at the plate. I'm selling it. think Ellie's turning it around next year. I think everybody probably just had a little mini heart attack when they heard you lead off with Ellie de la Cruz. We're not giving up. I want to be clear. We're selling his bad performance. We think he's going to be better. We're not, we're not, we're not anticipating that he duplicates what he did in 2023. We think it's going to improve. I think that it's going to improve. He showed us flashes and what he's also showed us throughout his entire career is that he needs an adjustment period at each new level. Now, when he got to the big leagues, he did kind of kick it off with a little bit of a heart, heart, a little bit of a hot streak before crashing back to reality. Uh, Listen, he's at the top level. He's facing the best baseball players in the world. The pinnacle of the sport point. Uh, zero, gonna zero, one percent. Little, Yeah, Right. It's going to take a little bit of time for him to adjust to that. But what he has done at every level is adjust It's taking a little bit more time at certain levels than others. And he's now at the top. I think we need to give a little bit of, of we need to cut him a little bit of slack and relax a little bit before we push that panic button. I think the flashes that he did show us did, in fact, reinforce the idea that he can be that great disruptor of a player at the big league level. He can do it with his power. He can do it with his legs. He can do it by, you know, rope-a-doping the defenders at times. We've seen that as well. Um, All of those things translate and all of those things will continue to get better. I think he's going to continue to improve, Jeff. I'm not sure what type of player he's really going to be yet. I don't know if he's going to be a constant power guy. I don't know if he's going to be kind of the gap doubles, you know, Take the extra base kind of guy. I don't know where he's going to settle in. Uh, I think one of the things that will dictate ultimately who Ellie De La Cruz is is when he finally finishes growing and filling out. You know, he's still a very young player. And it's going to take a little bit of time to figure out what his body type is going to dictate that he becomes, whether it's a big, strong power guy. Uh, maybe he will need to move off of shortstop eventually because as yes, he fills out, he may not be able to range as much anymore. There's lots of changes to come for Ellie. But I think the thing that's not going to change is the significant amount of talent he has for the game of baseball.
1: We don't know who he is. We don't know exactly what he's going to be. That's why we're selling Ellie De La Cruz's performance in 2023, because there are some people that I've seen on the social medias and things like that, that think they know who he is based on this sample size. And while we spent the first segment telling you, we think we know who CES and Matt McClain are, I'm telling you, we don't know who Ellie De La Cruz is based on the numbers that we've seen from him. Because I think he's gonna break out in a big way in 2024. But now, uh, Steve, we we got this other guy on here, this, this, this name, uh that that that, that you put
2: on the list and that we're we're, selling, we're selling this guy. We're selling. I, I think right now I'm kind of, you know, you you created this exercise, sir, and it was performances <laughs> that we're not sure can be duplicated. And for me, that screams and shouts, TJ Friedel, because I'm just not sure. Who he really is was last season an outlier, or was last season the culmination of him arriving at the player he was always going to become? I don't know. Uh I'm a little concerned for his ability to be able to duplicate what he put up in 2023. You look back on his numbers over the course of season, he made it into 138 games, Jeff, and his slash line was 279-352. 467. That's really good. His power numbers jumped up. He basically appeared in double the amount of games between 2022 and 2023. His power, uh, responded exactly the same. He went from eight home runs in 2022 to 18 home runs. So a little more than double 18 home runs in 2023. His his base on balls, a little more than doubled his strikeouts a little more than doubled. So his numbers all lined up with the playing time. Here's my fear. I don't know that he can continue to defeat the lefty on lefty uh, numbers that he, like he did in 2023. I I don't or 2020. Yeah. 2023. I don't know that he can keep that up. Um, Now, what I hope is, that he goes out there and shows me that who he really is, is the guy that was playing in 138 games in 2023. Then I'll change my tune, but I have real concern for him being able to duplicate what he did against left-handers next year. I I think that defenses are going to be better prepared to defend him on the bunt. They're going to be better prepared to, to take away some of the things that this really endeared TJ Friedel to us and his, his captain chaos, mentality that he brought forward for this team so uh i'm not saying he can't be that guy i'm saying i don't know if he is that guy and i don't know if he can duplicate that performance so right now if i gotta sell i'm selling on that performance
1: i'm gonna give you two numbers and a colloquial reason as to why i don't think i totally sell tj friedel at least i I think he can duplicate what he did now is he gonna get better i don't know that seems like a lot but Mm -hmm. here's two numbers for you Strikeout percentage sixteen point two percent. League average is twenty two percent. He's well below that, and his BABIP three oh eight. Talk about the BABIP a lot. League average is about two ninety nine. He was not getting that. Like I was about ten points above league average, so it's a little bit lucky. But I think that that factors in the speed, that factors in the chaos part of his game. I mm-hmm. think that definitely kind of accounts for that. And the colloquial reason as to why. We didn't expect anything from him before he did this. We didn't expect him to be anything. We, he, he wasn't a prospect. He wasn't ranked. And when he came up and the Reds said, we're going to play him in center field. We're like, all right, go ahead. Well, whatever. This is the last year. Anyway, let's see what we got. And he showed to be that guy. I think he can continue to hit lefties. I don't know that it will be the reverse split that it was last season, but I still think that that split will be very small if noticeable at all. So I think that we could still see him hit around 270, still get on base around 350. The slugging probably comes down. That feels like that was a little fluky uh because his his exit velocity isn't the best, but he is a dude that knows how to put the ball where they ain't and he knows how to get on base. So I, I think that largely he can duplicate what he did. If you're going to put a gun to my head and say that, you know, he will get better, I don't know that I could say that. But I think that he can duplicate what he
2: Well, here's the thing. I really want to be wrong about this. I really want for him to be this player that he was in 2023, because simply to put this simply, Jeff, the Cincinnati Reds don't have another option. If he can't duplicate what he did in center field, your next choice is Jose Barrero. That's the next guy that you have to run out there. Uh, beyond that, maybe a call up of Stuart Fairchild. And I don't know that having either Jose Barrero or Stuart Fairchild as your everyday center fielder is going to inspire fear in anybody. Six one, so half dozen, the other. Yeah, correct. So, so for me, I really, really, really want to be wrong about this. But again, following your rules that you forced upon me, uh, the the players that I am really worried about duplication of performance this is this is one I I but I really I've never wanted to be more wrong about a player so I I want I want uh, for so before everybody starts throwing shade at me in the comments I just I'm trying to be realistic but I want to be wrong
1: right and you know I was the TJ Friedel for MVP guy anyway so I'm
2: definitely going to back my guy going to back my guy man all right listen jeff there are just ready for this? 79 short days until opening day. We're going to start counting them down today. And we're going to do that by talking about the best red to ever wear number 79. We've got that next. Before we talk about the best red to ever wear, number seventy nine, I want to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast, and that is FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapped up, but there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets back, guaranteed, when you place a five dollar bet on anything at FanDuel. That's one hundred and fifty bucks in bonus bets back. Win or lose with any five dollar bet. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action than right now. You can also combine your bets, you can do money line, you can do point spreads, you can do prop bets, you can combine your prop bets into single game parlays for even more fun. Uh, the Reds are still plus 450 to win the division. You really want to throw a few dollars at that. I'm telling you, the Reds are going to win the National League Central. Uh, to get in on the action, just visit FanDuel.com slash on and start turning your sports knowledge into cash. FanDuel is the official partner of the National Football League and the official sports book of Locked On. New game day shirt? Boom. Cashback.
0: Food for the tailgate?
2: You can follow us between episodes on all of the social medias. Uh, we find both of us on X. Uh, Jeff wants to be an X man. So here we are. Uh, you can find him at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three F's. You can follow me at S often That's with two F's and you can follow the show at locked on red. Also, we've got a discord community. The link for that is down In today's episode description, lots of great Reds talk over there. And we're talking bingles. We're talking off-talking stuff. Lots of channels to get involved with over at Discord. And if you haven't done so yet, make sure you go and bookmark insidethereds.com. Jeff's over there doing a majority of the heavy lifting on the writing. Uh, I'm over there from time to time. James Rapine is popping in with some writing. Uh, Audie Elmore, Rick lots of Reds coverage, insidethereds.com. Bookmark that site today. All right, Jeff, counting it down, 79 days remain until opening day in Cincinnati a Great American Ballpark. And let's do something fun. Let's do this countdown and talk about some of the, the Reds' greats to wear the numbers along the way. And at number 79, looking through the archives, the history of this wonderful franchise, the greatest red to wear number 79 is the only red to wear number 79 and that is your guy mr rubber arm himself ian jabot gotta love the fact that
1: there's a lot of these high numbers the reds have never used until like the last three four years and this is one of them the number 79 is ian jabot's and ian jabot's alone does that mean when he leaves they gotta retire it nah probably not anyway uh when he his two seasons with the red uh, let's let's break this down a little bit steve because we, we talked about Ian Jabot we talked about you know is he the odd man out of the bullpen coming into this year let's celebrate the two years that he's had with the red so far as a red he has two combined wins above replacement in those two years do you know how many wins above replacement
2: he has for his entire career steve i do it uh he has 2.1 career war in five years for five different teams a dude has been around Pitched for cleveland he he pitched for the
1: rays he pitched for the twins pitched for the red like uh, he just he's been around and only in five seasons but he has 107 appearances as a red He has 28 uh, 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 combined appearances with the rest of the other four teams he's played with. (laughs) He just,
2: just didn't know who he was. No, when he came to Cincinnati, his first year in Cincinnati, they doubled his career high from all of his previous pitching performances. The Reds doubled it. And then last season, they doubled it again. So uh, they have really found him to be a workhorse. And we talked about this on other shows. Uh, That's not necessarily a bad thing to have him in this bullpen in 2024. You just have to use him in the right spots. Uh, He's not your high leverage guy. He's not your eighth or ninth inning dude, but he is great for a sixth or seventh inning bridge guy that you can run out there 70 times a season. I'm, I'm down with that. He's that's, that will be very valuable to this Reds bullpen in 2024.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at the, the fourth uh, other team. So he's he's only pitched for the Reds in the National League. He's pitched for four American League teams. It said Minnesota, Cleveland, uh, Tampa Bay, and also the Texas Rangers uh, are teams that are on the resume of one Ian Jabot. He, he's he been a dude as well. Like Looking at his body of work, he has four career saves, and all four of them are with the Reds. Basically, there's a lot of different numbers to explain the fact that when he came to Cincinnati, nobody knew who he was, and he just took off. And there's a lot of respect for that. He's a, he's one of those guys that the way that he comes to the Reds is very innocuous, and you don't expect much out of them. And all of a sudden, now we're talking about the dude who had, you know, 73 appearances last season. Like, when you talk about a guy who comes to the Reds in just such a like a relatively
2: unknown way, you don't expect that from a guy like Ian Jabot. You know, another reason that I really like having Ian Jabot on this team, Jeff, because if I pull his jersey in a grab bag at Red Fest, it by God is going to fit me. Unlike some <laughs> other that we've had in the past, my self-confidence yeah. not take a blow if I pull an Ian Jabot jersey in the grab bag. And to, to, to wit, I mean, the reds got him off waivers from the Dodgers.
1: So he went from the Indian or front. Well, there was the Indians that year. So I'm I'm not wrong. I actually was guardians 2022 I'm uh, still canceled. Anyway, <laughs> he went from the guardians to the Dodgers. He just never pitched for the Dodgers. And then he came to the reds. So, it's so crazy to think of his road to where he is now to the point that, and I think we're really the only ones that are talking about, could he be, you know, in danger of losing his spot for opening day, I definitely think that it's a lot less than we're giving it credit for. I think that the Reds probably value him very highly and don't look at him as a guy who his seat's not exactly saved. I I think that he's shown at least enough to garner that kind of respect. So I, I I do put some respect on his name as we are thinking of the
2: number 79 here, 79 days away from opening day it's going to be fun to watch the battles out in Goodyear for sure there's going to be a lot of extra emphasis on every single performance and we are going to have you covered every step of the way right Jeff exactly Steve but that's where we're going in today's
1: podcast thanks everybody for checking out today's Lockdown Reds podcast if you are not a Lockdown Reds every day or what are you doing you hung on to this point it's January 9th we're 79 days away from opening day and you're talking Reds with us. So make sure you become an everydayer and subscribe on your favorite uh, podcasting platform. Subscribe right here on YouTube. Click that bell to get notified because we're going to be with you every step of the way. Nick Cross says that we're done. If we're not
2: done and there's something that happens, you can bet we're going to be all over it. Why, Steve? Because we're going to keep our ears to the ground. We're going to keep listening for the rumors. We're going to watch the transactions as they unfold. And if anything happens, we're going to gather it all up, bring it right back here to keep you locked on Reds. Every single day. That Ian Jabot jersey will even fit you. Uh, you know, i have to lose some
1: weight. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.